following is a presentation of Main Street Media, your source for news, sports, and information on Main Street in Middle Tennessee. It's time for Main Street Preps this week, the Spring Fling Preview Edition, getting you set for all the happenings of athletes, teams, and more in prep sports in Middle Tennessee. Here are your hosts for Main Street Preps this week, Russell Vinozzi and Tyler Palmatier. Welcome back in for another episode. I'm Russell, joined as always by Tyler. And this is it. We have made it to the final week of high school sports in Tennessee. It's going to be a fun one. We're going to talk about what to look for this week uh, at Spring Fling and, and all that fun stuff. And Tyler, you still in one piece here as we kind of going to the final final home stretch uh, of the school year yeah i'm still in one piece i'm feeling pretty good um this is, this is, it'll be a fun week it'll be a, an action-packed week um and hopefully a dry week but i think we can get there well fingers crossed for that and today we're gonna go over some of the questions uh in our minds ahead of spring fling we're gonna preview all the sports talk about the contenders uh the storylines and what to watch for this last final week here of, of the high school season. And let's start it out. Tyler, it wouldn't be a spring fling preview show if we didn't talk about the weather and uh, looking at the forecast for this week. It is threatening, at least for a few of the days. I was looking this morning and for Murfreesboro, there's a 40% chance of rain on Tuesday, an 80% chance on Wednesday, a 60% chance on Thursday. But if you can get through all that, Friday is going to be mostly sunny and 77. So th- there is a payoff if you can somehow weather the uh, the storm, pun intended there. Yeah. Um, how many times have you covered this where it's gone into the following week after Memorial Day? Or how often does that Never. happen? So that you think they'll get I, it Even all with right? rain delays, it seems like they're they're fine playing at like 11 p.m. on Friday mm-hmm. night. I, something could spill over into Saturday. Maybe that's happened. Um, it I hasn't happened would, in at least in the last few years. But. I guess that would be the move probably not to go after the holiday. But uh, yeah, I think that's kind of smart why they build in. They try and do it all. I think it seems like they are dead set on getting it Tuesday through Friday. But if you do that, if worse comes to worse, you can knock everything out Saturday. So um, that there's kind right, of a built-in yeah. extra day for them. You know, if you decide you want to stretch this Tuesday through Saturday or Monday through Saturday or whatever, you're kind of really messed. You're, you're really messed up if all of a sudden you have to go that extra day. So. I mean, obviously, this isn't us uh, predicting we're going to miss a whole day of spring fling. But when you look at a right in the middle of the week, really, with those rain chances, uh, you wonder if we could go an extra day. But um, I guess aside from that, if you're an athlete or a coach, you have to deal with the delays, which in tournament baseball is can actually help reset some pitching. It kind of I mean, it kind of provides some interesting dynamics, Uh, Russell. I mean. In some situations, I guess rest, you're talking about rest, you know, you play on a really hot day and you get some rest. I mean, that can, uh, any sport that can help you. can help you. It can also hurt you. If you got your, your ace pitcher going and he pitches two or three innings and he's got to sit around for three or four hours, he may not be able to come back. So Mm -hmm. yeah, there's all kinds of wrinkles that could be added by the weather. So just stay tuned for that and we'll, we'll hope for the best. Um, but as far as kind of the action, Tyler, um, let's go for these next two headlines, what you think the biggest surprise will be and then, and then your biggest lock too. Uh, let's start off with the surprise though. Okay. My biggest surprise, I wish I could lift up. Uh, I wish I could have kind of a more positive. I was just trying to think of what I think might be the best surprise. Cause I think what, what I thought was going to happen 
this week was I thought for sure we would come in and watch the uh, the discus state record fall for the third time in a, as many weeks. Uh, that record stood for almost 40 years. So I was thinking we were, and I still, it's still something to watch. I thought maybe the discus record would fall again. I think it could, but I think the biggest surprise is going to be that it won't fall. Uh, I think when you, it's a tough thing you got to execute, I, I think there'll be a lot put on it that I don't think that record will fall again. Uh, that that's my call for biggest surprise. Cause I think it would be a big surprise if that happened. And I think we should consider the potential. There's going to be a lot on it. Uh, they're not going to be throwing in the same meat, uh, Mincy Stiff and Reagan Grimes, who are the two going up for it. But um, I think there will be a lot of buildup to that in their minds, and I think maybe we won't see any movement in that record for now. I hope that's not too negative of a take for me. I, there was no. a couple others that I would have had to gone really out on a limb for. I decided to go with this one. I hope I'm wrong. No, I think that's a strong one. I mean, we talked about it last week with the driving range analogy. You can get out there and mm-hmm. boom the golf ball 300 yards, but when you get to the real tee box on on the golf course, it is just it doesn't always work that way. So mm-hmm. we'll, we'll see how. I'm definitely gonna be tuned in, see how that see how that uh, shakes out though. And as far as my surprise, um, this is kind of a real general thing, so maybe it's a cop out answer, but <clears throat> the biggest surprise to me is I, I think we're gonna get to Friday, Thursday, and Friday. And some of these great teams that we hold in high regard because we cover them, they're just not going to be there. They are not. There's always every year there's some team that we think's a favorite that just doesn't make it to the championship because you find out that hey, these teams from East and West Tennessee are pretty good. That we we didn't know much about them going in, and that's kind of where we're at right now. Don't really have a, a great gr- uh, grasp on a lot of those teams, but I can't tell you who it's going to be, and I probably shouldn't single anybody out and say hey, these guys are going to lose, but. Um, yeah, by Friday it just seemed like, especially last year, there was there weren't a whole lot of mid-state teams still standing, and you know, maybe maybe that'll be the case again. I, I'm not sure, but a particular it's just, it's uh, tough sledding this time of year. Any particular sport that I miss? Were you saying baseball? I soccer, think softball, really any of the any, team sports. Of yeah, any of those team mm-hmm. sports. There's always you get to the championship game, you're like, man, I thought this team would be there, and they're not. So a little bit of a well, cop out answer, but. Well, that's in, that's in complete contrast to my biggest lock, which is I think the 4A soccer state title goes through the mid-state. Well, there you go. I think the mid-state's bringing home the soccer title. I'm uh, um, impressed with the Williamson County teams that are in. Uh, that's just my prediction. It's more of a gut feeling. Like you said, it's really tough to – I think that's what people – it's really hard in high school athletics because you're really not – traveling the whole state you're not seeing a whole lot of intrastate competition you know you're seeing a lot of intra-area competition so you don't know really what the field looks like uh or you have a vague idea i mean you sure you can definitely follow it along i mean uh you know now better than you used to be able to but still it's just hard when you don't it's hard to get a feel when you don't see those teams in person a few times and really get a feel for what the talent level is like on the east and west side so you definitely make a good point there um, what Maybe do you see I'm as talking your biggest... more... no, go, ahead, go ahead. Yeah, I guess I was probably talking more softball and uh, baseball with my surprise now that I'm thinking about it because because my biggest lock is is Paige Soccer in Class Double A. Oh, okay. I think they're gonna I think they're gonna win and atone for losing last year in the last 15 seconds. Um, you know when you look at their schedule and who they've played, I mean they've they played CPA, they played Franklin, they played Brentwood, they played some of the, the better teams in East Tennessee when they went out to a tournament there in the early season. Like 
nobody else in that double a bracket really their their strength i was looking at who they've played and, and nobody's can really even hold a candle to to the schedule pages played so i don't mm-hmm. they're 13 5 and 5 and i think that's maybe a little deceiving because if they played more of a cupcake schedule they probably wouldn't have but maybe one or two losses so yeah that's a good lock i mean we're, I think high, that's we're a, high at williamson county soccer right now yeah well i think it's been good i mean to be fair i mean i think it's been good this year and it's i mean it's usually pretty good but uh yeah, I think Paige is a good – that's a good pick. I mean, that's a program I've always been impressed with. I think they're coached well, uh, and there's good talent, um, but there's a lot of passion just for soccer at Paige, and that really goes to – you know, Nate Clapp, I think, does an awesome job. Um, he's sort of not only Paige's uh, head coach, he's kind of their head hype man too, and uh, sort of walking encyclopedia for all things Paige soccer. Uh, there's very little he doesn't know if I ever reach out to him uh, tell him I'm in, thinking about coming out to cover a game or a story. He uh, he has all the context and <laughs> the the past and the numbers usually pretty well nailed down. So uh, that's pretty cool. Um, it's always good when you have a coach that's able to sort of be everything, which is kind of what they those positions have to be. You're kind of your own sports information director. So we'll see, Russell. We'll know. We'll know shortly. Yep. And hey, they won a girls' title last. So this is the boys team trying to keep up with the Joneses here. We'll be back with more Spring Fling Talk in just a moment. Are you an enthusiastic sports fan? Want to have fun and get in on the action? Heck yes, that'd be awesome. Have great attention to detail? Want to stay active? Definitely. Want to give back to the student-athletes in your community? Obviously, yes. Then you'd make an excellent high school sports official. We need more officials in Tennessee. Because with no high school officials, there are no high school sports. Sign up today at highschoolofficials.com. Nobody covers high school sports quite like Main Street Preps. Wherever your local team and your Main Street is, well, we've got a podcast for you. Whether it's the Sumner County Sports Podcast with Zach Womble, Casey's Take on Sports with Dixon Post and Cheatham County Exchange Sports Reporter Casey Patrick, the MSP North Podcast with Brady McAtamney and Blaine Keller, covering Montgomery and Robertson counties to Main Street Preps this week with Russell Vanozzi and Tyler Palmatier with a macro view of prep sports in Middle Tennessee. Find the latest prep sports news from your Main Street at MainStreetPreps.com and find these podcasts dropping weekly on these Main Street media social platforms and wherever you get your podcast. Now back to the host of Main Street Preps this week. They continue to preview the spring fling. Here's Russell and Tyler. All right, Tyler, let's dig into some baseball and softball talk now. And to kick it off, a uh, team that I got to see last Friday win a uh, sectional over Mount Juliet Centennial. I think that's uh, kind of the, maybe the Cinderella story there in the Class 4A baseball bracket. 
you look at what they did last year. I mean, it's just it's pretty unbelievable the turnaround. Six and twenty-one last year, last place in their district. Started this season one and five, and now here they are in the state tournament for the first time since twenty thirteen. I mean, doesn't get doesn't get a whole lot better than that uh, as far as a one year one year kind of turnaround of the program. Yeah, so I mean, I haven't seen what are what are they? What's their deal? I mean, what's their uh, what's the path to victory for Centennial night in night out? What do you what do you think about their team? I mean, I guess when you look at teams that sort of have uh, are able to make this turnaround real quick, uh, I would always look to pitching maybe, but oh yeah, it's the pitching. Yeah, they uh, in that region tournament they they had three guys that that all went um, you know pretty good distance. Start you got to start it off with Eli Lamb. He's he's their ace. Um, Throws over well over 90 miles an hour. He's 6'5". And uh, he pretty much shut down Summit in that region semifinal elimination game. Had a perfect game going into the sixth inning. So he he they throw him out there. And then behind him, they've got Ryan Sweeney, who had um, just a fantastic outing against Mount Juliet. Got it to the sixth inning scoreless. Uh, and then Nolan Wells came in to finish it kind of as the closer. So Centennial is a team that seems like, hey, you know, they've got three – you know, bona fide starters and, and maybe some relievers too that can help out. And man, when you when you're talking about playing back to back to back days like this, you've got to have that. So Centennial sets up well on the pitching side. Their hitting isn't quite as um, prolific as some of these other teams. They kind of play some small ball. Um, don't think they hit a ton of home runs. Don't have those stats in front of me, but they don't. It doesn't seem like they hit a ton of of home runs. But um, yeah, pitching pays off in the postseason. I think that's probably a big reason Centennial is. Uh, is here and it, it seems like they also kind of have a they kind of have a, a good team dynamic going too. It's one of those teams where they've kind of caught something and caught some energy and they they've just kept it going. So they won a district, a region, and a sectional title, and uh, now they're kind of the underdog here going against Stewart's Creek. It's had a great season uh, in the first round and they're back for the first time since 2017. Uh, but that should be a good game, especially if you got Eli Lamb going out there against uh, Stewart's Creek's ace. I believe Caleb Peterson is probably the guy they'll throw. I mean. Sometimes these teams decide, hey, you know, we'll, we'll save our, our best guy for the second game. But if they both go with their best, that should be should be a, a great game there. Yeah, what would you do? Would you start with your ace or would you – I'd have to go. I think you want to win the first one. I don't think you go out there trying to get to your ace. I think yeah. win the first one and then ask the rest of your staff to shore up whatever you need to, you know, ask them to hold on and get maybe bridge the gap to your next game where you can you can pull out your ace again. I think unless you're really confident with your two and three guys and, and you're really confident that the competition maybe isn't up to your, your level, which in 4A, I don't think anybody can say that. Mm-hmm. Um, I think maybe that's the only scenario where, where you think about not doing it. But otherwise, yeah, you got to win that first game because if you lose the first, you're a, you're in a real hole. But, uh, you know, looking at, looking across at some other baseball stuff here, Tyler, um, just in the Davidson-Williams County region that we're kind of focusing on today, uh, a big omission. There's no CPA in there. Of course, they moved up from division, thought. yeah, division. They moved up from division two, single A to double A, and I think you know that had an effect on some of their sports. This, at least, some of their uh, their non football playing sports. Their, uh, you know, their basketball team didn't make four after being in a state championship game the year before, uh, and now in the last couple of days, softball, baseball, and soccer all fell uh, either one or two wins short of getting to getting to the state. So a little bit of a rough time there for CPA making that move up, but. I'm sure it won't be long before they're back. Yeah, with softball, I wonder, you know, they had really never gotten very far in the first place. So that's kind of an interesting situation there. Uh, I guess you're maybe you're to your point, maybe in a D, D2 single A, 
that was a team that maybe could have broke through to spring fling. Um, but yeah, your point's valid. I mean, in a year moving up, they did sort of take some uh, take some lumps or some losses, as you would say, you know, when you look across the board. Um, and the baseball situation, not having Langston Patterson and Cade Law really hurt them, I think. I mean, obviously. Yeah. I mean, that's their two. Those are their two stars. Probably, you know, you, you followed them closely. Two leaders, too. So you lose those guys, and that's that's really tough. But when you look out of that middle region there, I, I guess you just have to – based on how competitive it is, you had to assume that somebody was going to come out and look be looking pretty uh, contender-ish. And it, it has turned out to be Lipscomb Academy here, uh, which advanced by beating NBA in that quarterfinal on Saturday. Uh, this is Lipscomb's first run to the state semifinals since 2011, Russell. Um, you know, that that baseball tradition is awesome there, but uh, it had been kind of sleeping there for a second. And all of a sudden, that athletic program is just having a an awesome run. Um, with yeah. football winning a state championship, you have a, a state championship bowler and Jenna Hedgepeth, who's going to Vandy. And then the uh, the boys and girls basketball teams really made surprise runs there in, the, in, uh, in D2 as well. Um, this is a baseball team, Russell, we've both seen. That's not always common in our world. We don't always get to see the exact same teams. What impresses you about what Lipscomb does? Man, uh, well, the way that they've overcome losing two starting pitchers, I think is pretty impressive. Uh, you know, Braden Bornstein, Will Dugan, both out, out for the season with injuries, and they haven't really missed a beat. Um, Willie Walton, man, that kid has stepped up big time. He was, I think he started out as a reliever in, in the early part of the season just because he was coming off that basketball run, kind of had to build his arm up a little bit. But it seems like every every time they throw him out there, he gets a complete game, gives up maybe one or two runs, and they win. So uh, that's been impressive. And then they have some days where they just tear the cover off the ball too. And I think that was that happened the other day when, when you were there and Andrew Davidson hit a couple home runs. But um, – yeah, they seem like a team that is pretty well-rounded. Um, I'll be interested to see how the pitching depth holds up and, and just see how they hold up against some of the teams that they're going to have to play too, potentially. Uh, they're starting out with Knoxville Catholic, and then on the other side you've got Baylor that's just loaded, just runs through everybody. So got a got a tough task on their hands, but but they've got enough talent to, to you know to hang with those guys. So should be should be a fun tournament over there at Wilson Central. Yeah, really. If they had a full pitching staff, it'd be really interesting. And you know, they probably would tell you they like who they ha who they're going to take because, like you said, Willie Walton. That's a guy uh, who he he really is a good competitor. I had never seen him pitch uh, until the other day, um, and I had no idea they had the power they did through that lineup. Uh, Andrew Davidson, who who almost hit three home runs, came very close to a third. I was was sort of a mystery to me before that day. I just didn't know a ton about him um, in my time covering them. But uh, they got real power. So, yeah, it's a good baseball team. Um, be interesting to see what happens there. Baylor's won uh, three in a row. So somebody's uh, somebody's yep. got a tall task in knocking them off. Um, what about D2 single A, Russell? You've you've seen these teams, uh, Grace Christian Academy uh, and Good Pasture this year. Out of the mid-state, those are the two, uh, our, uh, our area's favorites. And what do you think? Is GCA, is this the tournament favorite at this point? Yeah, I think you, I think for now they have to be. Uh, you know, they beat Good Pasture a couple of weeks ago in pretty convincing fashion for the Middle Region title, and uh, and man, the way they hit the ball is is pretty unreal. Now they won't be playing in their home stadium, so that could be a little bit of a factor. But 
you know, whoever they're playing is also playing at that small field. So like they have theoretically the same advantage to hit home runs and stuff, but mm-hmm. it was kind of interesting. One of their players was telling me that, you know, teams show up to that Clyde Pewitt field there in, in Leapers Fork and they see the short fences all around and they get excited and, and everybody gets up there and, and turns it into like a home run contest. And sometimes when you do that and you're swinging for the fences, you strike out or, you know, it doesn't go your way. Whereas, you know, the Grace Christian players are used to that. They're focusing on hitting line drives. And if it goes out, great. Um, so they've kind of, I think, gotten some teams that way. But anyways, I, I think Grace Christian's probably got to be the favorite. But good pasture, you can't count them out. They've also had a great season. They've only lost three or four games all year. And they have a, a lineup that can really hit the ball. And uh, a couple of pitchers that, that compete well. So I would not be shocked if those two teams met for the title. And if, if they did, I think that would be a great matchup there. Yeah, it should be interesting, man. Um, when we come back, we're going to wrap this all up. We're going to hit softball, soccer, uh, track. We're going to get tennis in. Um, stick with us. We'll be right back after this break. This is Chris Yao with Main Street Sports Today. Every show, Mo Patton and I welcome friends from all across the sports landscape, from high school coaches and reporters to national, college, and pro sports personalities. You never know who might stop by for a chat. AP Tennessee Sports Editor, three-time Tennessee Sports Writer of the Year 2020 TSWA Hall of Famer. She covers the Titans, the Predators, the Grizzlies, college football, and hoops. Please make welcome, Teresa Wall. Former University of Tennessee, former Team USA Olympian, XI Young Award winner, Ari Dickey. Ari, did I miss anything? Man, that was sweet. <laughs> yeah, I need to listen to that before I go to bed every night. That was nice. Has five sports Emmys. That's not bad for the other guy in Wham, Ryan McGee. <laughs> <laughs> other guy Wham married the best looking girl Bananarama, so other guy Wham had a pretty good life. From preps to pros, we're taking on the sports topics you care about. Tune in across Main Street Media social platforms at 2 p.m. or on demand on your podcast distribution platform of choice. Well, Tyler, if there's any doubt that we could fill up 30 minutes with just the two of us talking, we've uh, we've answered the bell there today, so... Mm-hmm. We're going to have to do a speed round on these last four sports, starting with softball. Uh, take it away. Yeah, let's look. Uh, let's take a look at softball. Um, I had said last week that Wilson Central was the what I was looking forward to most on that side uh, without realizing that they could run into another area team of ours. So I don't want anybody to think I'm, t- I'm picking favorites here, but. Uh, I think it's a really interesting first round matchup here because we get Summit at 20 and 12 against Wilson Central, 37 and 10 right out of the gate. Uh, that's really interesting for those of us uh, who have followed those teams uh, one way or another throughout the year. Uh, I was at Summit the night they were trying to play Nolansville in a, a district final, but I was uh, kind of caught in a delay and, and that ended up getting pushed the next game. And Summit had a pretty tough route going through uh, Nolansville and, uh, ultimately Centennial and Beach. Uh, Spartans are back for the second year in a row, and they're going to get uh, right out of the gate. Uh, Wilson Central and Kylie Pitzer, the University of Louisiana signee, who's really been uh, one of the area's best pitchers. Um, I don't quite know what to make of the 4A softball bracket, Russell, because I've seen a few games, but I, I haven't seen enough of the contenders. In fact, I, I think in that bracket, I don't know. I've seen some of the 
No, I haven't seen any of them. I've seen some in D2A, uh, but I, I, I'm just not familiar with what's out there besides a little bit of Summit, um, what's expected in that bracket. But, um, man, I think the four, I think the large class softball tournament is one of the best sporting events every year, uh, any sport during the high school season. That's, I think it's, you, softball is an awesome sport to, uh, to get to tournament to and because of the speed at which it moves. Oh, definitely. And I mean, if you're a, anywhere in the Nashville area, you're probably a fan of this tournament because you got Clarksville, Stewart's Creek, Springfield, mm-hmm. Coffee County all in there. Um, should be a lot of fun. Springfield, you know, talking about um, talking about pitchers and pitching strength in softball, and we'll just touch on this real quickly, but if you have one good pitcher and you can ride that pitcher all the way to the state tournament and all the way to the finals, like that's that's such a huge advantage. Springfield has had that for se- for several years now with Bree S. Mondi. I was the Robertson County reporter back in 2019 when they got to the state tournament. Her freshman year, she pitched just about every inning. It was really impressive. Now she's a senior. She's got them back there. I think Springfield's certainly a team to watch in that bracket. But, you know, DCA's got a pitcher like that, too, that's a freshman. Uh, Bailey Shepard, you know, you saw her throw 14 innings last Wednesday to get to the state tournament. So they've got to, they're going to have to show down with Columbia Academy at some point. Uh, that's going to be tough. You know, Columbia Academy – won the championship last year. They've already beaten DCA twice this year, but um, you know, if you can get your pitcher a little bit of rest overnight and come back the next day, you, you never know. You could have a good game there. Bailey Shepard's a player now. She's going to be really good. I mean, she's already pretty good. Um, but yeah, that's an interesting point. You know, having to that, that dynamic of softball pitchers having to throw so much uh, it kind of hurt CPA last week. Uh, Emma Price had to throw two games back to back after in the first game went to extras. So, you know, you got to keep these, if that's your situation, really want to keep these games to seven innings. Um, Don't want to go nine innings out in 90 degree heat like she did, because that sort of opens yourself up to a situation where you could really get uh, teed off on maybe in your next one. So um, I don't know. I think softball's got a lot of great drama. That's going to be a fun championship regardless. DCA is back for the first time in a while. Will be interesting to see what they do. Let's get to soccer real quick, Russell. I, one thing I'm interested in is Brentwood uh, soccer's fate. I uh, did a story about their coach, Mike Purcell, earlier this year. He's 70 years old. Uh, he could he seems like a guy who could retire at any moment. You know, he's been around for a long time. This is his 20th season. Bruins are 19 and two and one. Uh, have an impressive win over uh, Station Camp to get here. I just kind of wonder. Uh, are, are things lining up for maybe a Brentwood run um, that Williamson County region kind of won out over its North counterparts up in uh, with station camp falling to Brentwood uh, and with Franklin beating Hendersonville. So uh, it'll be, I'm interested to see what happens there. You mentioned page Russell Valor college prep is another team you've seen uh, in D two single a there, or I'm sorry. Um, Class two A. Class two A. Uh, trying to keep all my numbers and letters straight here. Um, that's a team you and I have both seen. Uh, interesting situation over there at Valor with them being back. Oh yeah, right there in South Nashville, in the heart of kind of soccer interest territory in Nashville, and uh, you know they've got a good program, so we'll we'll see how they do. Um, but let's wrap up real quickly here with with track and field and tennis, Tyler. I know you've got some track storylines you're keeping an eye on. Yeah, Barry on Brown, um, Pearl Cone Sprinter, also a uh, Kentucky football commitment or signee, I should say. Uh, he's close to the state. He can reach. He can touch the state record, but he's got one of the 
slower uh, 100 meter dash qualifying times coming in um, at 11:16. That's fifth best in Class A. Uh, it's 200 times more competitive, but uh, that's not a huge. You know, I without without knowing why that time was produced, those times can sometimes change. You're really peaking to the state meet. You just have to qualify to get in. You don't have to run a record time, so that's not a huge deal. Uh, that'll be interesting to see, of course. Uh, Mincy Stiff, Reagan Grimes, we'll be watching that. Uh, don't miss the 100 in the girls' 4A. Uh, all the top three, Whisper Thomas, Nyla Mackey, Kaylin Thomas, uh, all three from the mid-states. That'll be fun. Um, uh, tennis, Russell, last year, we didn't have any girls' champions. This year in the field, we've got Summertown, Watertown, USN, Brentwood Academy, Innsworth, uh, all in different classes, so we could get a chance to have a champion there. That'll be very interesting yeah. to see. Um, Especially that Innsworth team. They've got yeah, they've got several really strong tennis players. So yeah, Merrill High could repeat sure. in the boys. Uh, so uh, Ravenwood's back in the boys, so maybe a couple repeat champions. Um, you know, we'll, we'll find out soon enough, man. We will. That's going to do it for us today, but this is not – this is just the start of this week, you know. Stay tuned to Main Street Preps all week. We're going to have wall-to-wall coverage of this thing um, from all across the region. So hop in now as, as a subscriber, $3.99 a month. Get you in, $25 a year. You just want to go ahead and get that over with. But, um, yeah, we appreciate everybody, and uh, it's been a fun school year. We're looking forward to finishing strong this week with Spring Fling. We'll talk to you next week right here on Main Street Preps this week. <laughs>